Hello friends and enemies, this is once again Alfred Judson coming to you from the future, editing this, and I found out that my microphone dropped out about halfway through the episode. So this is me saying I'm sorry in advance, um, there's a, there was a cable issue with the microphone, I'm not going to make excuses, I'm just going to explain what happened, uh, but the good news is that we know what the problem is, so hopefully it won't be a problem anymore. Um, so just bear with us. My my audio is going to be kind of crap for the second half of the episode, but uh, don't don't hold that against us. It'll still be fun. We'll still have a great time. And plus, Steve, he sounds crystal clear. So come hang out with us. We're going to do the show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to NerdPod Generations episode 28? 28? It's 29. It's 28. I lost track, man. There's so many glorious episodes. I know. It's it amazing, isn't lining it? Lining the walls now. I know. Them. Set it and forget it. Set it it's and like, forget oh, you, it. You might be too young to remember that infomercial. Oh, I remember that infomercial. You remember that infomercial? I remember that we're infomercial gonna, for rotisserie that's chicken. That's how the show is now, man. We're, yeah. we're rotisserie chickens. <laughs> we're going to set it and forget it. And uh, folks, getting off on a tangent right out of the shoot, but my name is Steve Taylor, and I am here with, oh, as always, my lovely co-host, Al Jetsam. Hello, sir. How's it going? How's it going, friends and enemies? It's going it's good going on good. this side. It's been a busy week for both of us. Dude, it's been a fucked week. Yeah. I know I'm dropping an F-bomb right away. I apologize to anyone listening, but if you've had the week that we've had this week, you would totally understand. Yes. Because both of us have had issues on either side of the spectrum, and they're both screwed up. Yeah, there's a, just for a quick peek behind the curtain, we're actually recording this separately uh, for both our sakes and the sakes of our families and, and loved ones because there was a uh, COVID scare uh, that I was not a part of, but I was ancillary too. And then you've had a lot of ins and out with hospitals and you got your mom to take care of now. So then we're just going to play it safe and do this a little old school. And by old school, I mean 2020, approximately June 2020 old school. But like what I like about this and as always, everything technical in this show, we have to thank your lovely wife because she yes. has every idea. Yes. This is... If I would have known this could happen back when we first started doing this and we were trying to do it just audio, because yeah. now seeing you, because we are doing it on Discord, well, we're we're streaming a video call on Discord so we can actually see each other, yeah. but then we're recording it kind of old school the way we normally do it. I can't. But go this way, I can another... actually see you and we can play off it. I can't go another week without seeing your pretty face, Steve. I just I uh, needed you know that's to at true. least have that. I need to. You know that's that. not true. You know that's not true, Will. Hey, I'm not the one that insisted on making this a video call. Well, I that was the problem <laughs> oh, yeah, with why? doing. Listen, 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 <laughs> Schwarzenegger. That was the problem with the first few episodes. Remember, I said the problem was if you can't see the person you're talking to. There are always those dead spots, and we used to have. Because that's when I was editing the episodes. We used to have these dead spots that would last 10, 15 seconds. 
Yeah, it's true. And it was because we didn't know when the next person was going to speak, but actually seeing you now, it's as if we're sitting across the table and we can have a legit conversation. Yes, this is, these, are all, these are all true things, though less romantic than my idea. Oh, Jesus Christ. I am so <laughs> glad I'm on the other side of a screen right now. Afraid oh, you'd be leaning across the table to smooch. Oh, uh, you're, you're <laughs> safely tucked away on your porch. Oh, uh, my beautiful porch, porch and my nice big comfy chair. Oh, this is yeah. lovely times, man. Lovely that is times. a dad porch if there ever was one. Well, no, because it's covered in toys and I'm my feet are on a pink uh, frilly dad, blanket right now. I, so I said a dad couch, Steve. I didn't say a man, a man uh, uh, Cave. porch. I said a dad. I said a dad porch. It's a dad porch. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it is. It'll go back to yeah, and I actually do clean in here a lot, so technically I do spend a lot of time in here. Yeah. But I mean, you don't have to anybody but myself right now. So I know, I know. For those of you who are listening, uh, once again, NerdPod Generations, episode twenty-eight. Um, you are listening to us. You obviously have a podcast service of your choice. If you have a friend who wants to listen, and please tell your friends. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, pretty much any podcast site. Uh, and go back, listen to some of the past episodes. We have some gold, especially, I'd say our last 10 episodes have really started ramping up the quality. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we, had some, we had some early ones are really good, but some shakiness. But here, like, we're having a solid hour, hour and 10 minute conversation each week that goes by in two seconds. Oh yeah. So I think we're hitting our stride. Oh yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, uh, and we're closing in, folks. Episode thirty is coming up soon. Oh yeah, we're almost there. It's right yeah, around the corner. We're almost there. So now, as always, we always like to start our episodes with what are you reading, watching, playing. So I will start this week because I have something I'm very excited about. Um, First off, I've been trying to play Far Cry 6, and I just have not had very much time, so I've played a little bit more of that. It is a great game. I love it. Love it long time. The big thing, though, folks, my third book, my first book in my children's chapter book series, is officially out in the wild. It has officially been published. It is called Ethan Vaughn, the Dream Master in... The Mystery of the Treeless Forest. Now, it is a early reader children's chapter book, so it's aimed really for five to five to ten years. You know, it's it's got it's not loaded with pictures. It has some really great illustrations by a young woman who did my illustration. Her name is uh, Rachel Bell. She's actually when she started, she was only sixteen, and she did a phenomenal job, especially the cover. Um, the book is out. If you are interested in it, go to staylorbooks.com. Right on the front page, you'll be able to see the cover, a synopsis, and there is a link to Amazon.com that you can actually click on to go directly to buy the book. It's only $8.99. It's a great deal for a Christmas present, birthday present, whatever. And subsequently, on my website, I have an other works page. If you click on that, down below my first two books, there is actually a link to the YouTube video for the play I just wrote, The Last Movie Night, which was produced in Chicago. So if you click on that, it'll take you directly to um, 
YouTube directly to the video. It's only five minutes long. It's a one act, kind of a shorter play. Uh, it's a it's something I'm very proud of. It's really funny. It's it it's not vulgar. It has a little bit of a blue undertone to it, um, but it is pretty much just the innocence of youth in the '80s. It's shades of blue, but it's not actually blue. No, yeah, it's it it's using slang terminology for the female body parts, which in the '80s. We didn't have internet, yeah. so pretty much unless your father had a subscription to Playboy, you were ignorant of most things yeah. sexual when it comes to women. And that's what this is kind of a farce on. Yes. And it's well done. It's excellent. So, I've seen it. It's very, very you. good. Yeah, no, the director and the actors did a great job. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. The two guys playing the kids but, are excellent. They do such a good job. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And I kind of mentioned this to you, my, my last thing. Last night, I started re-watching um, The Hobbit. Yes. I, it was the first one, An Unexpected Journey. And I got to say, especially now that I have the 4K Blu-rays where I can get, like, the optimal everything, audio, video, whatnot, I consider from the first Hobbit all the way to Return of the King... It's just one big movie. That's a bold stance. It's one continuation. It's a bold stance. And, well, here's the reason why I make that stance. If you put all of them together and consider it one big movie, I believe it is my favorite of all time. Ah, I see. So this is a caveat. This is a... That's the caveat. Yeah. Because I watch those movies, like, they. I know they're sequels, but it really is set up like it's one big movie. Yeah. From start to finish. I I see here's my thing about favorites. I've decided that I'm not going to do like favorite lists anymore cuz lists have a beginning, a middle and an end. I have a mm. pile. This is a pile of my favorite food, my fa- my favorite films. And uh it's in no particular order. It's just a big pile of stuff. So I can appreciate mm. this idea bold though it might be. Of uh of slamming it all together and saying it's one thing, but uh it is a bold statement, sir. I must I must insist. I'm all about bold statements tonight, sir. No, I know that's my I focus. Know. Bold statements. I know, I know. I'm just saying the first one. It's also something that you're saying after watching an unexpected journey, which I think is to your credit. I think if you were to say this after watching Desolation of Smaug. Or Battle of Five Armies, that would be an even bolder statement. But middle of the trilogy, see, I'm picking fights because you're not here. Even if I was there, you'd pick a fight. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Are you saying you're not a fan of those two movies? <sighs> what is to say that I am not a fan? Um, it's uh, ooh, e. You know when there's an overproduced. You know, AVP two, <laughs> something yes. that's overproduced, underdirected, and very much like kind of like a oh, this was for money. I don't want to say it's that, but uh, it's in that realm. It's not as low as AVP two, but it's in that realm of like oh. See, Alien vs Predator two. The reason why I think that was so shitty is they got such a backlash by making the first one PG thirteen and not really having any blood. They were pretty much like, we're just going to make a super gory 
Alien versus Predator movie, which is what it was. It was not good. No. But it was very gory. But it was like a studio dream movie. It was like we're gonna we're just gonna cram a bunch of stuff into it. I'm not saying the Hobbits yeah. are that, but I'm also not saying that they're necessarily in the same. It if we were talking since since we were talking a little bit of baseball uh, earlier, if we were talking baseball, I would say the Hobbit is more of a farm team to Lord of the Rings than a competitor or a, a division rival. Shall we say? I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't agree with what you're saying, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's not bad in the same way that the Rochester Red Wings aren't bad, but you're definitely not watching, you know, professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Semi-professional. I see. Semi-professional, sure. I see. Yeah. I see. That's me putting it we nicely. better get off a... Of- we better get off of this topic. I, I, we'll have to have... This is going to be an episode. The reason I want to get off the topic, I think this needs to be an episode. Yeah, I think so. We need to have a um, Middle Earth-themed episode where we just talk about all six of the movies and go into depth. Even if we could even make it like a series. Can, uh, do... can, I, can I throw a curveball in on this? We can do oh, this, no. but if we do this... We have to have Kelly here as a third member. My wife, who knows more about Lord of the Rings than you or I combined. She has to be a part of so, it. So, wait, wait. Are you saying we need to put together a fellowship? Uh, Well, in the sense that I'm saying we don't go to Mordor say without yes, bringing Al. a wizard. Just say yes, Al. That's a fellowship. When they ask if you're a god, it's a fellowship Ray, of the yes. podcast. That's even the title, fellowship of the podcast. That's the title for that episode. We have to do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. You know, I'm always fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it has to be done. I'll take guests. I like guests. It'll be our first guest, and it'll be easy because yeah. she lives here. Yeah, that would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, so what have you so been I've watching, been, I, reading, playing, all that? Yeah, I, we've been doing a little bit of Halloween stuff. Um, we watched Over the Garden Wall, which is a fall favorite for us. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this was uh, 2014, I want to say 2014, 2015, uh, Cartoon Network special, which has uh, mm. Elijah Wood and Christopher Lloyd and uh, a few other people. Um, but it's... It's just this 10-part little 15-minute series of excellent, excellent kind of fable-style stories about these two Mm -hmm. half-brothers who get lost in this magical wood and all these crazy things that happen to them while they're there. Um, It's very good. It's very fun, and I would highly recommend to anybody who hasn't seen it. It's it's excellent. has excellent music. It's very well-paced. I... There are a few episodes I'm like, okay, I kind of fall asleep during this episode, if I'm being honest. But for the most part, it's very well paced. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just so much fun. Um, So on top of that, I also finally sat down and watched me myself some trailers from the weekend. Because I was at a wedding this weekend, Mm. so I did not get to DC-a-thon the DC-a-thon. Which I'm okay with, if I'm being honest. But this means that I finally got to sit down and see what DC has been cooking. And they've been cooking. They've been cooking a lot of stuff. Um, the Batman movie looks a lot better than I thought it was going to look. 
I honestly, when they announced that they were doing another Batman, it was going to be Robert Pattinson. I was like, okay, we don't really need another one though. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't know if I need it, but I'll take it. You know, it's like, I'm not sitting here jonesing for another Batman movie. I'd rather have like a Nightwing movie or a Red Hood movie or, uh, you know, whatever. But that mm-hmm. said, this looks very promising. I like the new Batmobile. I like the look. I like the style. The Batmobile right? looks amazing. Right? That looks like a hot ass Batmobile. Colin Farrell also looks ridiculous. I, I didn't even realize it was him until I was looking at the cast list. And yeah. then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I had to go back and like go through the trailer and be like, oh, no, that is him under all those prosthetics. It looks great. That makeup work is amazing. And hit just his it's voice so that good. he has and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very similar to um, Eddie Murphy in Coming to America when he played the old Jewish man. And I watched yes. that whole movie, had no idea it was him. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, my God. That's what this reminds me of, because I could, if I didn't know it was him and I watched that whole movie, I would never think it was Confer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it doesn't look like him at all. It doesn't sound like him. And I mean, like we were just talking about Colin Farrell, good actor, great actor, and it's like, well, I guess he's gonna put another card down as like, well, the guy is extremely talented, mm-hmm. crazy, extremely talented. Well, now, what was your take on emo Bruce Wayne? That's something I was waiting um... to ask you. I I don't have I don't have enough information to have a take on it at this point. I want to see how he actually acts and how he holds his character. Um, I you know for all of Pattinson's early work, shall we call it, uh, the dude has shown himself to be a crazy excellent actor. Oh yeah. Uh, like like on that overwhelmingly good bar of act of actors. Um, so I'm curious to see. I haven't actually seen his Bruce Wayne really yet. I haven't gotten to see anything besides a picture of him with bangs, which looks, admittedly, like Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man Three. It Another did. Movie that's we will not talk about. That's why I said the emo because it looks. That's what it reminded yeah. me of also. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm curious to see what it is, and and, you know, Andy Serkis as Alfred. Dude, he looked awesome. One of the most exciting things I've ever seen. Like, that just, I'm so ready for it on every level. That looks great. And so, like, even if Pattinson is, like, I don't know, what does it really take to play a good Bruce Wayne? You have to play the double face of Bruce Wayne where he's both Batman and pretending to be Bruce Wayne. But you also have to have that side with Alfred where he's kind of both. He has the mentality of Batman, but also has is more relaxed, more humorous. So I, that's what I want to see. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the Selena Kyle stuff. Uh, I like Zoe Kravitz, so I'm I'm curious to see what they do with that. Uh, I, you know, again, it's just the problem is that at the end of the day, it's it's not really something that we need. We've done all of this before, so you know, mixed bag. But I hope it's good. I hope it does something to make itself unique. Well, I'm hoping they cut out the origin story. Kind of yeah. like what they did. I know you're not a fan of Spider-Man Homecoming, but I do like the fact that they introduced a new Spider-Man and they just skipped the... Like, you don't need... Everyone knows. It's been shown enough. You know what the origin is. You don't need an origin story. I don't mind that they didn't show the origin in Homecoming. I mind that they completely skipped it in tone and style of the characters. Yeah, and they it's don't mention Ben. Yeah, that's... Even, not, not even that they don't mention Ben. It's not even 
like denoted in his characteristics or Aunt May's. Neither of them are clearly dealing with a death recently. Yeah. You know, there's absolutely no sign of Uncle Ben in that movie. I'm not going to get off on a homecoming tangent. Do you have anything you want to say about Batman? Nope. Before I said, we move I've on? said my piece. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in Black Adam. That looks cool. I have no idea what the story is going to be or how it's going to go, but it looks cool. Um, See, the only problem I have with that is he's gotten to the point now where I, and I love The Rock. I love The Rock. Yeah. But like seeing him in that outfit, and I was just like, it just looks like The Rock. Like, you know, like when Chris Evans became Captain America, I didn't see Chris Evans, I saw Captain right. America. When Tony Stark became right. Iron Man, I didn't see Robert Downey Jr. I saw Iron Man. But when I see The Rock in that outfit, I'm like, it's The Rock. Like, I hope see, that is- his character development makes you not think that. But that's yeah. all I thought. Well, I don't know. I don't know what his character's going to be. Usually Black Adam's a villain. He's usually like an well, in that Shazam. In that little trailer, he killed that dude, turned him to ash. Right. That's not a good right? guy. And that was really cool. But I'm just like, so... Is he going to be fighting somebody? Is Shazam going to be in this movie? The next Shazam movie comes out after this one. So what's your long-term plan here? Is yeah. there a through line? Dwayne Johnson is... He really is... This is his Deadpool. You know, this is... For those of you who are unaware, Dwayne Johnson has been trying to get Black Adam made, I think he said, for over 10 years now, which is very similar to what Ryan Reynolds was with Deadpool, where they're, like, desperately trying to get these movies made. And he finally gets it... I want to say it was greenlit, and they were going to start production prior to COVID. Oh, yeah. But once COVID hit, that pushed everything. Well, not only that, but also they announced this movie in 2017. And Mm. they've been building it since then i do know that it was pushed back for COVID, but like it has also pushed back for jungle cruise and a few other things like this was yeah. a movie that was called so far in advance it was like because i don't know if you remember this this was like dc dropped their film line after the success of wonder woman and it was yep. like this is what we're gonna do uh, uh, this is our plan and you know you look back on it now and it's funny <laughs> yeah but you know well because just, when justice league came out after wonder woman it just destroyed everything it destroyed like, everything. they're like nope nope never mind scrap it scrap the whole thing and then aquaman comes out and it's successful and you're like okay and then shazam comes out and it's successful and you're like oh okay and then wonder woman comes out and it's not successful and you're like oh okay and it's just like this weird back and forth where they can't yeah, yeah. dc the the answer dc is always what it has been Get good filmmakers and good films will follow. Well, they just need a Kevin Feige. You need, need to a, have that one vision. Yeah. Competent voice, yes, yeah. and a unified vision. Yeah. You need somebody who knows what story they're telling and what pieces they're going to set up where and when. I like to refer to that person as the uh, anti Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. Yes. I'm not going to take any shots at Kathleen Kennedy, but I agree. No, oh, I'll take all the shots because she's a piece of shit. All right. So, moving on past Black Adam, the Flash trailer. The Flash trailer. There's two Flashes in this trailer. They're just like... Well, there's a photo of them in the Batcave, and there's three of them. One of them is Supergirl. Oh, that's right. The other one... That is. It is Supergirl. It's not I had to look that up because I had no idea. 
I had no clue. I, I was like, who is this person? What's going on? I thought it was going back to the Flash TV show. I was like, oh, is it Jesse Quick? Is it one of these like side, you know, speedsters? Mm. No, it's it's Supergirl. And there's two Flashes. So is he going to, is it a time travel or is it a dimension hop? There's there's a talk of dimension hopping in this where Batman's yeah. talking about breaking through the, the barriers and being able to visit any time and any dimension, any, you know, era. And yeah. I'm curious. And I do love that the, um, you have the two flashes, you have the actual flash, and then the one standing behind him is like one from another multiverse or whatever. He has his outfit. Yeah. Somebody zoomed in. It's a bat suit that he painted the lightning bolt on. And it's like you could see the outline of the Batman symbol underneath the the flash. I was like, that's fucking awesome. I'm really, really curious to see how this goes because this has been shelved and brought out and shelved and brought out and shelved and brought out. The fact that they're actually shooting it now is a good sign because there was a little while there where it was like, oh, the flash movie is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Which I know for myself, it's one of my most anticipated movies because of Michael Keaton. Yes, I am very interested and excited to see how that ties back into everything and where they go with it. Mm-hmm. If you look at the cast list, it has both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton listed as Batman. Um, yep. So I'm I'm intrigued to see where all this goes, but I'd be lying if I said that it didn't look extremely similar to some of the first episodes of the Flash TV show, which I get. I get. But yeah. like you need to find ways to change it up and make it unique for this universe. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Otherwise I don't really have any notes. I'm very curious to see where they go with it. I'm very curious to see if Ezra Miller can handle not one, but two lead roles. And mm-hmm. you know, why have two flashes when you could have a Wally West, you know, why? I'm yeah. Curious. I mean, there, there's just questions. I'm just curious what their plan is, where it's going, what their final destination is going to be. Let's see what happens. See what happens. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Maybe we'll get the Justice League apocalypse that we were hoping for after the the Jacks the Jack Snyder the Zack Snyder Justice. League. See, I don't know if they can do apocalypse now because it's too similar to um, Thanos. It's just too yeah, similar. It is. It's a little more nihilistic in the sense that like the world is destroyed. Yeah. But it does have the same result of we got to go back in time. And I mean, even the characters look very similar in like skin color and size. Yeah, people have said that for a long time that Darkseid and Thanos are essentially the same character. They're, you know, kind of like Flash and Quicksilver where they're they're very, very similar. Uh, When you get down to like their characteristics, they're different. But when you look at them as a broad spectrum, they look extremely similar. So it, it would be a little tight rope they would have to walk for that. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is I don't know I don't know DC well enough to know if they have another big time villain. Like if Marvel wasn't doing Thanos, you could still say, Well, we could do Ultron or we could do Galactus or we could do Doctor Doom. Like I I feel like outside of I guess like a, a Lex Luthor, just very world centric, non celestial based, you know, film series. You could do something like that. But when it comes to Celestial Base, the one that I always hear about in DC stuff is Darkseid. To the point where, like, you almost only ever see Darkseid as the cosmic villain in all these things. You don't really see any other cosmic villain almost ever. 
So you're going to bring in Lobo? Is Lobo going to be a uh, cosmic awesome. bad guy? What, what's your long-term plan? See, if they ever did... If they ever did Lex Luthor again, I think they would... Ha- I mean, they would definitely have to get rid of Jesse Eisenberg. And that is my... I think it's one of the worst casting in the history of superhero movies was him as Lex Luthor. It was horrible. They need to tap into the cartoon and get a tall, suave, bald, dark-skinned gentleman to be the like super intelligent Lex Luthor, not like the as much as I love the Gene Hackman one, you know, not the just oh I'm out for land and I'm quirky and same with the Kevin Spacey one, you know they'll never get him back. But yeah. say and then you have Jesse Eisenberg who's also like I'm smart but I'm super quirky. It's like I loved the cartoon Lex Luthor because he was suave and intelligent and just did not let anything shake him. No, he was always. His superpower was his yes. intelligence and his ability to control himself in any situation and kind of think him his way through a problem. And the fact that he was so hyper-intelligent. Yeah, I've always um, loved that character. I agree that, that we haven't really seen that in a, in a real yeah. way so far in a Superman movie. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think that Jesse Eisenberg couldn't do it. I, I blame direction writing on that. I think if you wrote the character better and gave him better direction, he might be able to do better with the character. But as it stands, that is still one of those pieces of Batman versus Superman that I'm like, yeah, there's no, no fixing this. Like I can apologize for some stuff and I can explain away other things and I can say, well, they do this and that's interesting because it's not what Marvel does. But at the end of the day, there is nothing I can say about Jesse yeah. Eisenberg and Batman versus Superman that is good or nice. It's just all bad. Good man. It's all good bad, man. Dude. And then there was one more that so, we briefly touched on. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, the the new Nathan Drake, that new uh, baby Spider-Man, fresh-looking Nathan Drake that's that's right out of the box. That's, uh, that's I know Likey. Yeah, I don't know Nathan Drake, and I kind of know Likey. I've, I am a massive fan of of the uncharted series. That is one of my favorite video game series ever. Storytelling, the characters, they are, those four games are pure genius. They're like playing an Indiana Jones movie. And not only is the casting yeah. wrong for both. It's totally wrong. Tom Holland is Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg is Sully. Casting is horrible. Um, oh, completely. Hilariously wrong. Oh, horribly, Hilariously horribly wrong. wrong. And, the Mark Wahlberg part, I just, I can't get over it. Because when he started talking in the trailer, all I could hear was Andy Sandberg doing the Mark Wahlberg where he's talking to animals. Yeah, how's your mother? Say hi to your mother, for, your me. mother for me. And it's like, <laughs> when he was talking, I'm like, this isn't Sully. Like, I could maybe... No. And here's the thing with, they were saying that Tom Holland is cast and he's playing a younger Nathan Drake. But in the trailer, they have set pieces from the first three, no, actually all four movies. There are set pieces and storylines from all four games in this movie. And it's like, that's not young Drake then. He's Nathan Drake. He's full Drake. A lot of people say it's it's a homecoming thing. It's not a homecoming thing. I don't like Tom Holland as an actor. I don't think he's a very good actor. I agree. I, you know, every time I see him in something, I'm just like, no, 
kid's not believable in this either and it's not just him being spider-man it's everything he's in i'm always like he is he just comes off as fake and very trying he wants your love and attention there's kind of this cloying nature mm. to him of like oh well, i'm just a kid like don't you love me i'm just a little boy it's like no i don't i want a good actor and i i don't want you know this kind of cheesy like sucking up to camera yeah. kind of feeling that i always get from him in these roles and here like even i i've played literally the same section of the first uncharted game twice and i keep getting stuck at the same point because there's no auto aim and i'm very bad at mm. aiming in video games so i always get to that point i'm like well fuck it i'm done for the day and then i just don't go back to it um but in that limited amount of time that i've played the game i'm looking at this and i'm like well they got the costume right and everything else is yeah. wrong you know it's just like he's too small he's too short he's not broad enough he's not big enough he's not commanding enough you look at and and they have the worst thing of all which is a proof of concept they have a deadpool proof of concept that is in no way related to this and it's the nathan fillion oh nathan fillion yeah uncharted oh that was amazing which showed exactly what an uncharted movie should be exactly who that character should be how he should be played how he should feel how his writing should come off and this has none of that this has absolutely and nathan fillion looks identical the part he has that face exactly the part and he wanted to play this character yeah like they could have wrote a movie with older nathan drake and he easily could have played it oh yeah absolutely i i when they said that they were casting tom holland i was like well that's stupid that's a stupid move that's a stupid 1940 studio move of like, well, we have Tom Holland and he's in all of our stuff and this is a Sony thing, so let's put Tom Holland in this thing. No, don't do that. Don't get Mark Wahlberg because you need a big name. These are the red flags that you send up when you're saying, I don't care about the source material. I'm here for the money. And it's just like, come on. There are people that actually genuinely have been waiting for this. I'm not even one of them. Yeah. I have no money in this game. And this is just like, ooh, ah. I can think of like a dozen different actors who would be much better for this in every capacity. Even and like the movie itself looks nice, like visually. Yeah, they did a good job with it. But in the two, was it like a little over two minute long trailer? Yeah, there was one part that I thought was nice. That was that two second clip where the guy speaking Scottish to him, and he's like. Or speaking of the Scottish accent, he's like, what? What? That, I laughed. Yeah. But that was it. That was the only part of that trailer that I found amusing. Yeah. it just Or it, found enjoyable. The tone isn't there. The style isn't there. We were talking about it being a, an Indiana Jones video game, playing an Indiana Jones game. This has none of the feel of Indiana Jones. This doesn't even have the feel of, like, those washed-out Indiana Jones movies, you know, like how, like, I love The Rocketeer. I love The Rocketeer desperately. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. But you can clearly see that this movie wants to be Indiana Jones in a big way. And, oh, yeah. Uh, this this doesn't even have that kind of feel to it. This just kind of feels like somebody was told the plot of what Uncharted is and was, they were given the instruction, go write a movie that's an origin story of this character. Here's all these things that happened to him. Here's some of the big set pieces so you can kind of see it. And instead the person just wrote a script based off of 
all those set pieces with the idea being that it was an origin story and that it has no feel for anything in the game or any of the characters. Yeah. And uh, that's just from an outside perspective. That's just how it seemed. And that's the biggest annoyance is the games are practically movies. Yeah. Like they're, I've, I've watched some of the cutscenes put together as just like a narrative and they work as movies. So you have the blueprint, you have the Nathan Fillion showing you how to do it. Then you have the actual games themselves, which the narratives, the storylines are very cinematic and you completely fuck it up. Yeah. It just, it looks like a, a complete whiff and like a, yeah, an unnecessary whiff. Like a, you know, it's going to be on par with the Michael Fassbender Assassin's Creed movie. I was movie. about to say, you know, it reminds me of is the yep. Fassbender Assassin's Creed of just like yep. stinks of money, stinks of brand name. We're just going to publish something to get the brand name out there. I don't know if this is one of those five year movie rights things where like they they made a contract, but they had to make a movie in a certain amount of time. So they're just mm-hmm. going to shit out this thing. And then we're all going to talk about the oh, you remember when Tom Holland? when Tom Holland played Nathan Drake, because some guy is going to come along in, you know, seven years and they're going to redo it. They're going to reboot the whole thing. And I was like, Oh yeah. remember when Tom Holland, remember when you remember when Mark Wahlberg was in this movie, you know, I'm going to point out this character to Kelly and I'm going to be like, you know who played him in the original uncharted Mark Wahlberg. And she's going to laugh because that's such a stupid idea. And, no matter how bad it is, though, it, it won't be as bad as Monster Hunter. So, But unfortunately, you had the opportunity. Oh, have you ever seen Monster Hunter? Monster Hunter, I, I think it was done by the same guy that did the Resident Evil movies. And it looked like it had about it was. as much uh, love for the franchise as those movies had for Resident Evil. It was so bad. None. It was... So bad. The moment horribly did, bad. The moment they did that that late nineties, early two thousands thing, where they took a video game and they said, "Okay, uh, this has a whole narrative and story and structure and world that we could use, or we could shove Marines in there. What if we shoved Marines yeah. in there? Why? No, no, wait, no. <laughs> that's not that's not a plan. Don't do that." And quick anecdote. On the whole video game movie thing. I, and this was, God, it was so long ago, I can't remember. I believe it was in the 90s. Whenever, it was shortly after um, the first Resident Evil movie came out, which was a long time ago now. It's been quite a while. George Romero, who, as everybody knows, is the godfather, king of all zombie movies, was in town in Rochester promoting a movie called Bruiser which is a movie that he had just made and they were showing it at the Dryden theater. And I got to meet George Romero. And during his Q and a, somebody said, did they ever approach you for the resident evil movie? And he said, that is one of his biggest regrets because he wrote in his opinion, the greatest zombie movie ever. Cause he wrote the first script for resident evil. And they decided not to go with it and decided to make it into like that high octane, like bullshit that it ended up being. Yeah. Quick cuts. And I'm thinking about it. You can't see shit. It's got the the music, the like techno and all that. He wrote an atmospheric, creepy, awesome zombie movie. 
and they decided to tell George Romero, who created the modern zombie, no. Yeah. So that right there and then that tells you that what's his name? Paul not not Paul Anderson. It's Paul um, W. F. Anderson or something. Or something like that. Yeah, he is an idiot because yeah. he has made nothing but shit. He's only made shit. He's made exclusively shit. And like, I yeah. get it. I've never made a movie, so like, I'm sitting here in my kitchen being like, "Oh, your movie shit," you know, whatever. But like, dude, objectively, these are not good movies. As a film student, as a film studier, as a film watcher, these are objectively bad movies. Yeah, and they're and like, and bad. I go playing off that argument because I I hear that a lot with people. Like, well, he at least made a movie. You didn't make a movie. It's like, listen, I can do a lot of things really bad. But I choose not to do them bad because I don't want to do shit. Yeah. So even though he made a movie, yeah, clap your hands, good job. He made a shit movie. He made a bad movie. And I think I have, yeah, I've seen literally thousands of movies in my lifetime. So I think I'm a pretty good judge on what is truly a good movie or a bad movie. And that's just a bad fucking movie. It's just a bad movie. It's no good. I don't it, that I was talking previously about how I, I need to see movies before I make fun of them. I won't make fun of it, but um, I also won't watch it because I also have to have a certain threshold of reasonable need to watch. And those movies are so far beneath anything even close to being reasonable need. Um, so, yeah. But shall we move on to our Halloween spectacular? I think we need to. That was a massive tangent, but it was enjoyable. That was, that was, that was, a, that was, that was a solid, meaty chunk to start yeah. our night. Yeah. All right, folks. So this is our Halloween Horror Fest. We're moving on. We only have, this is the last week of it. Because, no, next week will be the last week because yeah, we then Halloween. Um, so next week, we're going to have to plan some some serious movies to talk about, but all right. So we're going to, we're going to talk about an older movie and we're going to talk about, um, Halloween kills, which just came out. But the first yes. one we're going to talk about is 2007 trick or treat. Yes. And that is trick, um, apostrophe R treat is how they spelled it. Just to seem fucking weird. It is an anthology movie based around a Halloween night in a town. And it follows these characters that you end up, finding out are kind of interconnected all by the little creepy dude. The little creepy spirit of Halloween that's kind of wandering. Which is it Sam, I think is his name? I can't remember what the name. It's something weird like that, but it's one of the greatest costumes ever. It's It's excellent. It is an excellent costume. Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, This movie, I'll never forget, I I read a review of it online because it never came out in theaters. It got released directly to DVD, and I just read these reviews saying it's like one of the greatest anthology horror movies ever, and I just bought it without even seeing it, and I was so glad I did. It was so good. It is good. I will say, let's get the good stuff out first, because I I do have a little bit of complaints to throw at it now that I've watched it. Okay. This was the first time I'd watched it since you showed it to me. We watched it. In your old old apartment, back That's when right. we were I filming that. our own horror movie, and uh, covering Let's the basement and meat and leaving it there for days. Yeah. Um, no, nobody wanted to listen to me when I said we shouldn't do gore because we'll just do it badly, and yeah. I was so right. Here we are. <laughs> uh, here we are. <laughs> Hamburger left for three days in the basement. What? Oh, I don't want to think about that. That smell is horrible. 
but uh, it was, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it immensely. I think each individual story is well told and very well crafted. I liked the, the way that the movie brings each story to life and kind of the pathos of each story. Um, and I, the acting, considering that this is a bunch of nobodies in Anna Paquin, Dylan Baker, and a very brief appearance by Leslie Bibb. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, it's like a bunch of nobodies. And they do a pretty dang good job uh, yeah. of carrying this thing. Um, so I, I did quite enjoy it. I will say, I wish it was a little bit more structured. I think that the the lack of structure to the thing ends up being a problem for me. Whereas like mm-hmm. if each story was kind of like Pulp Fiction style, like we go through one whole story and then you go into the next story and then you go into the next story. And as we are going through, you see how they're interwoven because you see each story in its own way rather than coming yeah. back and forth between one story and another. And like, you just end up in this situation where you're just like, what's, what's going on. And like, honestly, I realized afterwards that I had, spent a lot of time trying to figure out the the chronology of everything and not been paying attention to the movie so there were just like moments where i was just like then what happened because i wasn't paying attention to what was going on I was, instead i was like oh wait when does this okay this takes place at this point and then okay mm-hmm. so if they had like structured it a little bit or given it a narrative device of some kind i think that could have really helped but that said it's still excellent and the writing is still very very good the acting yeah. is good i forgot to mention brian cox as the, the bus oh yeah driver. the bus driver he's excellent uh he's so good the he has his dog in the spider costume everything about it is good it's so good um but i agree the the sam is uh is a oh, very costume. little costume oh my that's god great, that is the greatest great costume direction right there the art direction in the movie in general is really really good as is the direction. There's so yeah. many moments of just like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, I did think that they needed to set up the kids a little better because finding out that the kids were a group of bullies was kind of like, oh, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, I think that they needed to just kind of lay those eggs a little bit more cleanly. But really, it's it's very well done and well written. I loved yeah. it. Quite. And Dylan Baker is so good Dylan playing Baker. the creepy serial killer guy. It was awesome. Like I was yeah. blown away by how great he was. He's so good. Because in the beginning they make him out to be actually it's kind of funny because they similarly do this with Dylan Baker in um there was an Amazon show about Nazi hunters. I think it's just called The Hunters. Yes, was this the Al Pacino one? The Al Pacino one. But Dylan Baker plays a U.S. senator, I believe, a senator or a congressman, who, you know, they play him off as this red, white, and blue guy, and he's at this cookout with his family, and this is spoilers, folks, and a guy brings over his new wife, who's from um, Poland, and she recognizes him as a former Nazi who ran the concentration camps, and he ended up turning from this like red white and blue doing a cookout to killing everyone including his wife and kids just because his cover was blown and he turns into this bloodthirsty just i don't give a shit about killing my children and my wife because they were just my cover they meant nothing to me and that's what he was in this in the beginning where he's like carving the pumpkin and then the kid comes and then you realize he poisoned the kid 
and then he cuts the little boy's head off so they can carve it. It's like, holy shit, it took a turn. Well, and when he's when he's killing the kid in the the grave, and his son keeps on shouting at him from yeah. the house, and he finally goes inside and he looks like he's gonna kill his son. Uh, it's like no, 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 <laughs> no. We're it's just it's just time for arts and crafts. Yeah, he's um, grooming his son to be another serial killer. Yeah, yeah. So that was. That was good. Uh, Dylan Baker is one of those um, kind of just forgotten great character actors. Oh, he's, he's a so fantastic excellent. character. He's so excellent. He's another yeah. one that I want Marvel to tap. If they if they decided to have him be Connors in this new Far From Home, man, I'd be for it. I'd be all for it. Dude. Because he is one of my – he is one of the few shining lights from that – third awful spider-man movie of sam raimi's was him as connor's was great which it would make sense if they're bringing doc ock and you know they're grabbing back from that franchise they could easily put him in there oh yeah oh yeah um yeah i will say for trick-or-treat i did like anna paquin in it there was the acting in those sections was a little like yeah Yeah. but there was also kind of like this subterfuge going on with the whole thing anyway it was a nice Um, twist it is a good twist. I think that that, that whole storyline works because of the twist. I think without the twist, you, you just kind of be like, I, I agree. really don't care about this. I but agree. the twist is excellent. It's well really done. good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree with you with pretty much with most of what you said. Like the narrative storylines, I wish they would have either picked something like a Pulp Fiction where it's a little more structured or if they would have went the other direction and picked something like Creepshow, where you have just these individual stories, and then you have the one creature as like, which is the creeper. It's not necessarily a creature in each storyline, but you have, you know, you could have the Sam character, the little creepy boy, as like a watcher in the storylines, and then he has the impact yeah. in the last one. You know, and I, I, as we see in the bus story where he's yes. standing on the side of the road, he's just there as the this the spirit that comes during Halloween night. Yes, and like, and he kills Leslie right. Bibb and cuts her head off because you know that's for awesome. reasons that don't seem totally clear in retrospect because he's about to kill Brian Cox, who is an arguably much worse person. Um, but that's what but, makes the character great. She was taking down Halloween, and it was still Halloween, and he did not yeah. like that. That was like. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. No, for yeah. me, honestly, and that's my my one gripe with the movie is also my favorite thing, which is that character. I loved that costume. I did not love the pumpkin face underneath it. No. I just thought it was like a cheap, easy, like, oh, he's a ghoul. Look at this. I liked the sack on the face almost like the uh, second friday the 13th where jason you never saw his face he didn't have the the hockey mask he just had that sack with the one eye hole cut out it's like i like that where you don't know what's underneath but then when you show the face you're like it kind of takes away from the creepiness because now it's just it's it's just a okay so it's like an animatronic you know, face and it didn't really have the same kind of impact as the sack did. The sack face is like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. 
the the anonymity of the sack face adds something. Yeah. Whereas the the puppet, which I thought was actually a really good puppet. Um, oh, it was a good puppet, puppet it's a but good it puppet. just took away from me. No, I I can totally respect that. Um, I like the puppet enough to be like, yeah, and I also like the idea that it's the spirit of Halloween, mm-hmm. kind of just creeping around. So so these elements I I like quite a bit. No, I um, love that too. They're yeah, it's a good movie. It's definitely worth going back and checking out if you haven't seen it. It's yeah, excellent. All right, so short. now we have to yeah. dig deep. Yes. Halloween Kills. Brand new yes. movie, sequel to the 2018 Halloween, which is a direct sequel to the 1978 original Halloween, or 77. Um, this movie was everything I wanted it to be. Yeah. The script wasn't spectacular. Acting was good, not great. But the kills were a work of art. They were so spectacular. Like, some of the violence, I was like, holy shit. This is so yeah. awesome. They come out swinging. Quite oh my god! Yeah, like when when he kills and f- folks once again everything we do is spoilers, hundred percent spoiler filled. We only have when one he spoilers when he kills the old couple. Yeah. Oh my. god. And he oh just continues god. to jam knives into the guy's back, over <laughs> and over and over. I was like, holy fuck! Yeah. Oh my god, that was just that was insane. That was like that that pure evil that Loomis talks about. Yeah. Just like there is no reason, there's no cause, there's no rationality. It is just pure violence and evil. Yeah. And uh man, that scene did it. If you Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. That Um, was so great. Because killing the firemen was cool and all, but it's like Yeah. It didn't have as much of an impact as when they showed the firemen after when the police were there. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap, he like mutilated all their bodies. Because all really you see fast. is, yeah, you just see him killing them. But then you didn't see what he did afterwards. But then they showed like yeah. arms were ripped off, heads were like ripped in pieces. It's like, holy fuck. Like he really went to town on them after he initially yeah. like jabbed at him. No, that was good. I also like that he was hiding in the gun closet. That was yeah. Clever. I that like was that a there very was clever flashback one. to show the new origins of Halloween, not to whatever you want to call it, of what happened that night. And we get a little bit more of Hawkins and his story, his backstory, which I, I was glad to see that will happen. Yeah. It's still and they did a, kicking. they did a really, really good job with that, making those scenes look like they were yeah. from an older movie. Yeah. And even the Loomis part where they, digitally what altered that was insane like i was yeah. just sitting there like no it's him like fuck uh uh donald tarkin and princess leia and all these other things it's fucking donald pleasance yeah because they did it insane. smart they yeah. had it in a dark poorly lit so you could tell it was him and it looked like him but it was still a little shadowed and you didn't mm-hmm. have to show too many like no. intricate details of the face. No, it was so Holy good. Crap. It was so well done. It was, I did like a genuine, like my, my jaw dropped and I was just shocked when I saw that. Cause I was just yeah. like, that's him. That's him. Yeah. That's not a fake. That's not something fake. That's him. And oh my God. So well done. It really so was. Well that was fantastic. Best one I'm... I've seen of those. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I, that part, those, those flashback scenes were, 
so incredibly well done. Super like truly. Well so well done and well paced. And just the the feel of them, the creep of them had that feel that the original had. Yes. It's just it like them going through backyards and alleys and in between houses and just oh it was just really, really good. And then really well done. creeping around the house, the Myers house, where you don't know which room he's going to come out of and he's hiding mm-hmm. in the shadows just like the original. You know, minus mm-hmm. the fact that there was a lot more blood in this than the original, which had none. Yes. And this had yes. all the blood. This had people getting stabbed through their face. Oh, my God. Eye. When he jabbed his thumbs in that oh dude's eyes, oh I was like, okay, so he put his fingers in his eyes and now he's grinding his fingers in his eyes. And now he's moving the fingers around the eyes. I was like, holy shit. This is like... crushing the guy's skull. And now he's crushing his skull. And it's like, holy shit. Which was Big John was the character's name. Yeah. It's like, fuck, dude. No, I really... I couldn't get over the violence in that movie. The violence was well done. Uh, I think the violence was done better than the acting in some situations. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, overall... Not bad. Not bad acting. Just there were some scenes that I was just like, oof. Yeah. I, I wonder if you guys had a little bit of a time crunch on this one. But uh, I agree that the gore was – I'm not a gore guy. I don't usually go out to a movie and be like, yeah, gore, gore, gore. But like I'll watch Game of Thrones. I'll watch this kind of shit. And yeah. um, man, they they did the prosthetics and the, the style and the effects. And, oh. All Which that's what, in my opinion, made it great is they didn't follow the trend a lot of movies are doing now where a lot of the blood is CGI. This was yeah. not CGI. No. Like, these were legit prosthetics and actual blood. Um, a great... There was a bunch of great Easter eggs hearkening back to the first movie. Yeah. I do love the Halloween 3 reference, Season of the Witch. Yeah, with the dead bodies masks. wearing the masks. And you're like, holy shit, those are the masks. Like, yeah. all of the masks from Season of the Witch around those people. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. I also love that uh, the two women, Marion and Lindsay, are the actual people from the original Halloween. Yes. Surprising those roles. Yes. Which is like, who fucking does two guys? Like, that is great. I love that. Yeah. That's so well done. And, uh, so cool. and how when Marion gets killed when she's in the car, he does yeah, the hand slap on the thing. window like he did, which was awesome. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, man, yeah. they're really going she for sees it. Him, she sees him in the rear view climb up onto the roof of the car. Yep. Oh, man, it's just so well done. Uh, and I will say <laughs> my favorite thing about the Halloween movie so far is, and this, this one hit it real good. And I, this isn't enough. This is just like, one of those things that keeps happening and I kind of laugh every time it happens, uh, which is that Michael Myers has spent about two hours worth of time posing bodies uh-huh. and getting them into just the right position for the the most shock value for anyone to come upon them. And I just found myself sitting there doing little Beastie Boys like body posing. Body posing, Michael Myers has a hobby. Body posing, body posing, a hey, body posing, body body posing. I was like, dude, like, 
you don't have anything else to do. <laughs> you got to you got to get these people looking fresh and pristine and terrible. And yeah. Even though he's not going to be there to see the reaction. This is this is beyond that. He's not here for the reaction. This is something even bigger than that. See, but that shows his evil. He knows what the reaction is going to be, and that's why he does it. Yeah. He knows the level of terror it's going to cause. It's just so funny to me because it's it's like I'm just sitting here as an outsider being like, so you have this mindless killer who doesn't kill for any particular reason, but he totally digs like setting up the bodies in fun yeah. positions to scare people. Like he will take the time. Say what you will about Michael Myers. Dude takes the time. He's an artist. Personalize this scare just for you. He's an artiste. Yeah. Let me cram this body into this staircase. I was talking about this movie with a buddy of mine at work, and he said something that I now thinking back to it totally, absolutely agree. One of my favorite parts of the movie is when he gets his mask taken off. Yeah. And you don't see his face, really. You see the back of his head as he's walking. And... In all these slasher movies, like, it's usually some deformed, gruesome looking. This is a balding old man with, like, graying hair walking around. And it made it seem so much more realistic. Just seeing the back of his head, because you're like, that's just a dude. That's not, like, some supernatural you know, mutated Jason-like thing. That's just a guy walking around stabbing people. He's not a reanimated corpse. He's not a, he's not a a demon brought back from the dead. He's just evil. Yeah. And that evil apparently keeps him going no matter fucking. Dude, I gotta say, I love how they took the horror movie cliche of, all right, well, the killer's on the ground. So obviously he's either really hurt or he's dead. And they crank that up to 11 when the mob is surrounding him and he just jumps up and fucking kills every one of them. I was like, that is the greatest. They beat like the shit out of him. Yeah, they shot him a bunch of times. They beat the shit out of him. They put a knife in him. They put a knife in his spinal column. Yeah. Nothing. And it, it even made like season horror fans like myself for a split second go, Oh, well, I wonder if they're going to arrest him. Like, obviously, they got him down. Even I was thinking like that. And instead of thinking, oh, well, they're just, they're standing over him. And they're talking too much. He's going to obviously kill them. And he fucking did. And he killed them really good. Including um, Anthony Michael Hall, who surprisingly did a, a... Kind of a really shitty job acting. Like, I think his acting was was probably some of the worst. He got caught in a cycle where he just, like, kept going through the evil dies tonight. And he just, like, kept running that cycle over and over again. Yeah. He's doing his soliloquy at the beginning about Halloween night and everything. It's like, okay, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. That was good. Yeah, that was good. But, like, by the time he gets to the hospital and you have, like, the hospital riot happening, you're just like... Uh, dude, I, I don't, I feel like you need to be doing more than what you're doing here. You just seem to be doing this one yeah. note, like I'm this, this soldier out to, to fight evil. And I get that. I get that. But like at the same time, uh, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't really work for me. It, it felt like yeah. at that point he stopped progressing as a character and he started just being in this cycle. 
Yeah. Also, how weird is it that Anthony Michael Hall is the meathead in all these movies now? He's always the meathead in all these movies I know. Now. It's so funny. How did that happen? And then you think back to Weird Science and you're like, yeah. no, he was the nerd that just wanted yeah. to make a woman to touch. The, the Breakfast Club, where he's literally the nerdy yeah. nebbish guy. 16 yeah. Candles. Yeah, yeah. He's just no. the nerd, and not yeah. anymore. Now not he's the anymore. big tough guy. And, you know, and that's the thing I appreciated about this movie is when the acting or the story started to get me a little like, eh, they would cut to like an awesome horror moment. And like even that part in the hospital, I was like, evil dies tonight. Oh, my God. Like, how are all these doctors all of a sudden like gung ho to kill somebody and like all this but then that dude jumps from the building and you see his twitching broken body. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, that is yeah. like, it brought me back into the fact that, holy shit, this is like a solid yeah. horror movie, man. Because that was, I will agree with you, that was definitely the scene where I was like, well, this is the moment that everybody's going to look back on and be like, they spent a lot of time doing this one thing. Did it work? Yeah. And I think that it didn't really work as well as they hoped, but it was effective. And what they end yeah. up doing with it, um, and I think this it is definitely slowed down the plot, but it did. You know. And this is this is actually one of the things that caused uh, I wouldn't say an argument, but a discussion between one of my one of my best friends and me. He is a massive horror movie fan. He loves some of the most obscure, disgusting shit you've ever seen. You will ever see in your entire life. He didn't like this movie because he said oh, I didn't like it. You know, I think the script was was lacking and it wasn't good. I was like. No one watches this movie for the effing script. Like, I didn't watch it for the script. I intentionally went into it saying, it's titled Halloween Kills. I want to see some awesome kills. That's exactly what we got. We got some very atmospheric moments. It was dark. It was insanely violent. That's what these movies are. Like, I appreciated it for that. Yeah, and, and I think that that's what the hardcore fans were frustrated with with the first one, was that it didn't have enough of that. So, yes. you know, kudos to listening to fans in the right way. It's always a dangerous grab bag when you listen to fans yeah. because depending on the fans you're listening to, you may chase Shaden Woodley out of the movie for really no particular reason other than she was wearing a leather jacket and you didn't like it. Yeah. Um, so, but I agree. I agree with, with the, it. Even as an outsider to the Halloween series, I found it compelling and interesting. And just like the stuff with the couple in the Myers house was so good. Oh, it was so good. Creeping and building. And when like the kids come and they're faking having their friend swallow a razor blade, you're just like, Oh shit. But like everything about that, when he goes into the house, when Myers goes into the house and shit's just getting real and they're calling back and forth to each other. Man, that was just such a good build. Such a good build. It was amazing. And like so many times you have that, alpha man moment in this movie of like a guy being like okay i'm gonna defend what's mine or i'm gonna protect people around me and then they're like oh i'm succeeding yeah. and then it's like nope <laughs> not succeeding not succeeding at all maybe momentary success but uh and kind of going with that i do appreciate the fact and this is probably gonna be my last thing to say because i think we've beat this to death i do appreciate the fact that judy yeah. greer's character who plays karen laurie strode's daughter got killed at the end because it just didn't seem realistic to me that three movies, because there's going to be a third movie, that in like three movies, or 
let's forget about the third one, in two movies, the three main characters all live. One of them had to die. Yeah. And I am kind of happy it was her. She was kind of annoying. So now you're going to have Jamie Lee Curtis who lost her daughter. And you have um, the character of Allison who's the granddaughter who lost both her parents. So they're both going to be out to murder this motherfucker. Yeah. I will say I like Judy Greer in these movies. I'm, I like that she got another gotcha moment. Yeah. I thought that was funny. That I do like that. that. again. Um, but uh, also when she went up to Michael Myers' sister's room. And I was just looking out the window. I'm like, you're so fucked. You're so wickedly fucked. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Also, not for nothing, but this might be another one of those situations where she seems dead. And then we get to the beginning of the next one and she's being raced to the hospital and she's on life support for most of it. And then she gets one more gotcha in. I don't know, man. He fucked her up pretty bad. I don't know. I don't know. Just he stabbed the shit out of her. That's true. That's true. He really went to town. I just hope. I I hope that's not the case. I hope she's just gone because I think that'll help add to the yeah add to the emotion from because Jamie Lee Curtis. You know she's gonna be guns literally guns blazing in this final movie. Well, and especially because like Allison, I do like Allison as a character, and I like uh, Andy Matichek. Yes, who plays her. I think that. She's an incredibly interesting character in terms of her build and the way that she approaches problems in these movies. Um, and I'm very curious to see what her progression is going to be. Is she going to really take over as like a, a lead mainstay? Is she going to be the last woman standing? You know, what what's going to happen here? So yeah. I'm, I'm very intrigued and, you know, kind of coolly in on this i'm not i'm not gonna sit here being like Ooh, it's nice halloween coming out but i'm like i'm gonna watch it when it comes out definitely yeah no i am very in- interested in seeing this final one yeah like I, i'm curious i just i'm mainly curious for what direction they're gonna go yeah like what are they gonna do with this final one because it's gotta be a massive like it has to be a massive yeah. finale especially because it is it's I don't think there's any doubt in my mind it'll be the final time Jamie Lee Curtis plays this character. Oh, yeah. Like she she'll be literally done with it after yeah. this. And it's like they got they got to make it a big one. They can't go out whimpering. No. It's got to be big. It's got to be big. It's got to go over the so. top. He's just going to go to that hospital parking lot and just kill all the people that are standing in that hospital parking lot. When like apparently awesome. the entire town flows magnetized to the hospital. Or just knocking over ambulances and everything i did find that to be a little funny also the stair uh yeah. the staircase scene where they're in the the stairs and everybody gets jammed up and you have doctors running downstairs and knocking down people in their haste to go downstairs and i'm just like yeah this is a little ridiculous guys i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> this is, this is just a yeah no it was it definitely wasn't a perfect movie yeah. but it gave me everything yeah, i, I will agree with that it was it was very fun very entertaining and, you know, yes. it helped with, uh, it was a true continuation of the first one. What I'm really interested in seeing nice. is how it is to sit down and watch all three of these movies back to back. And they're all done and all out and everything. I can see that. I think that's going to be the real test of how these movies go. I Which can see that. Which is both positive and yeah. negative. Yeah. Well, we'll have to roll the dice, man. It's not Desolation of Smog, yeah. but. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, that was episode 28 of Nerd Pod Generations. As always, uh, you can find me at staylorbooks.com. You can find me at jutsumstudio.work under the Bronx Division tab. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's a night. That's a night. So make sure to tune in for next week's show, which is going to be an epic horror movie finale to our Halloween Horror Fest. We don't even know what it is yet, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to be epic. It's on. It has to be. But that that does not detract from how incredible it will be. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Well, I hope All you right, have a sir. wonderful week, everyone, and have a wonderful evening. Have a good night, friends and enemies.